Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Roy Wood Jr., big Cubs fan, friend of the show, former Daily Show correspondent. Here's a question I want to pose to you, boys. Please. Please. Are y'all familiar with this height surgery that men are getting now? Like, that's the new cosmetic craze. They break your shin, and they add a three-inch rod between both broken shins, screw that rod to your shin, you walk like RoboCop for a year. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night. I'll buy that for a dollar. And then you're back to green flag racing and you're three, four inches taller. It costs about $80,000 to do. Penile extension surgery only costs $10,000. To which I offer the question to you boys, which one do you think would give you a better life? Oh, that's a good question. I'm already six feet. You're taller. Yes. <laughs> Conversely, because I'm doing just fine, yeah. I appreciate you asking, Roy. Yeah. I'll take the height. Oh, that was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, you're Hollywood elite, Roy. I'm I mean, on basic cable, and I quit that job. <laughs> I don't know if elite is the word I would use. Well, I am adjacent. Uh, Hollywood elite adjacent. You know, like I've I, been invited to one sex party, and they tried to charge me. So that's how I know I'm not Illuminati. That's unfortunate. If you make any further inquiries, or if you say a single word to anyone about what you have seen, there will be the most dire consequences for you and your family. By the way, the going price for a sex party is $4,500 for seven days. I don't even know if I should be telling you this, but I'm just offended that they charged me. They, so. would, have, they would have let you in for cheaper if you would have had the surgery. <laughs> <laughs> now, get undressed. Very well. We're big fans. We love, we love Daily Show. I've always watched Young Daily Show. <laughs> One, two, three... Here we go, Tim. Here we go. Here we go, Tim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Thank you for hanging out. It is Parkins and Spiegel on The Score. We'd love to hang out with you before the big game on Sunday. We're all going to be at Benchmark. Mully Haw, Bernstein, Holmes, Rahimi, Parkins, Spiegel. We're doing a show from noon to three at Benchmark, getting you ready for uh, KC in San Francisco. Just got to have 100 bucks in your Circa app and uh, you get in the door. I love the idea that came out last hour. We should, at some point of Sunday's show, we should talk about our Radio Row memories, all of us on the air staff, because we've yeah. all had times there. I've only done it once. 
but plenty of memories to share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I, I got a, got a couple, including a great memory of doing radio live with one person on that that in that group that you might not know about. Oh, I'm great! Realizing would love to would love to hear the story. Go ahead yeah. and tease that. All right, Call well, tease. Show up. That's what that is. We'll be at Benchmark. There's free food too if you come. So uh, download the Circa app. Have a hundred bucks in there. You're going to be better on the game anyway. And then uh, show up to uh, to Benchmark. But saw this, mm-hmm. and uh, it's from one of those NBA accounts, but uh, you know, aggregator accounts. But 1.5 million followers. They do not post fake things, and it uh, is being retweeted by a bunch of NBA reporters, including Chris Hands, who does great work for Bleacher Report and TNT. He is a legit NBA reporter. It says the goal of the Chicago Bulls is to stay competitive this season. Quote, they believe they could move up in the Eastern Conference standings. <laughs> End quote. Tomorrow is the trade deadline. We're expecting to hear from Arturis Karnishevis via press conference or Zoom, some form or fashion, early in, in tomorrow's show once the trade deadline has come and gone. And it seems like, based on the reporting and the, the inferences of the, uh, the beat writers, that they are expected to do very little between now and tomorrow. <sighs> I know, man. I know, but this is what happens. I won't be as I won't be as furious and kind of enraged as I was last year, because last year I just thought it was incredibly obvious what their limitations were and that it wasn't working. Now it's even more obvious, but they are awfully hamstrung with the injury of Zach. Yeah, I, I think right, exactly. It it is more more obvious now, mm-hmm. but you when it becomes so obvious, you lose all leverage, and so it's. All right, I could get rid of this for 20 cents on the dollar, or is it worth it to maybe make the play in series, not quit on this current team, and hope for some good fortune that in the offseason or at next year's trade deadline, I can get 40 cents on the dollar or 50 cents on the I dollar? I mean, if you're not dealing DeMar on his expiring deal, you're basically announcing that you're going to resign him. Aren't you? Yeah, as long as he will resign, which he has said publicly that he is is open to. But, yeah, because you, you can't lose him for nothing. It's one of the fundamental rules of all of this. Cannot lose assets for nothing, and DeMar DeRozan is somewhat of an asset. Well, no, he, he, I mean, he definitely is. He, well, just... I mean, he's, I, not, not if there's no trade market for him. I mean, he's an asset in that he is a good basketball player. Mm-hmm. He's an asset to, it, to winning a certain amount of games. Yeah, and, and to helping and, it, and still work ethic and culture and all of that. I'm not, I'm not saying DeMar is bad or a net negative by any means, but he is only an asset if, at his current price, teams are willing to give up other valuable assets to acquire him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I that, that's, that, that's just... I mean, he's improved his number of three-point attempts and some of the three-point shooting but there are some teams and fits out there where he's just a complete non-starter in terms of a conversation. Like Golden State wants help on the wings, but they don't want an, an, an ISO ball scorer, an in-between game scorer like DeMar. That's not what they want. Yeah, it's a hard fit, man. It's a hard fit. Because does he want to go to a bad team? No. To be, sure to be an influential old head to a young dev- – you know what I mean? I'm sure Detroit would love to have him. Just to fill him in on the, the Zach rumors. A veteran who's been an all-star, who won, who knows about work ethic and mm-hmm. training. Hey, come here and get 
Cade, Hun- uh, Cade Cunningham to work as hard as you to maximize some of his immense potential. You know, and I'm, I'm sure bad teams like that. I'm sure Charlotte would be interested. But does DeMar have any interest in that? Probably not. Last year, Danny, the four teams in the play-in tournament between 7, 8, 9, and 10 in the Eastern Conference. Bulls, Raptors, Heat, Hawks? Yes. Hawks, right? This year, the four teams currently in the 7, 8, 9, 10 spots. The Heat, the Bulls, the Hawks, and the Orlando Magic is the uh, one outlier with the Raptors having lost three in a row and in a bit of a free fall. Other than that, three out of four. Continuity indeed, baby. Yeah, and their offensive rating is essentially the same. Their defensive rating is essentially the same. What's going to – I'll tell you right now, because I am expecting so little between now and tomorrow, um, and some of my thoughts on this have aged poorly. Some of them have aged very well. That's kind of the nature of doing this job. Mm. But I – I don't think I will rant and rave and be angry tomorrow at inaction because I think that this is just inevitable. But if Arturis, and if I was giving them free PR advice, if he comes out there tomorrow and says, look at that fight in that Minnesota game. Like if he cites small sample stuff to show that there is still something meaningful that this group can accomplish in a big picture sense, that's the stuff that I'll be like, you're just delusional, man. You know what I mean? If he comes out and says, listen, we have had terrible injury luck. There was no offers that even approached the value of the pieces we had. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in the business of giving away something for nothing. I'll at least respect that. But he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna say we just beat the number one team in the West the other night. That means nothing. We just came all the way back against Sacramento. It means nothing. I believe when we play our best that we can hang with anybody in the Eastern Conference. He'll say they they beat the Bucks, right? It, yeah, yeah. I was at I was at the game where they beat the Bucks. You were you were, you were at was, the Bucks win. Yeah. So and and some of it is not super small sample. You know, over the course of uh, over the course of Zacklessness uh, during the year. I mean, but they're not a good team without Zach. Well, they're not a good team with Zach. No, I, they're, that's what I'm saying. They're not a good team. This they're group, not a great team. No, they're not. No, they're not a good team. In what way are they a good team? No. They're, Honestly, I'm not. I'm not even being confrontational. Or I, am I? Am I missing something? How? They're the nine seed. Yeah. They, they're, they're under 500. Yeah, they're, by, they're by, 24 by, and 27, a horrific start. What was the start? They're, out, they're outscored by their opponents. There, there is no metric that suggests that they, they're five and five in their last 10. Mm-hmm. They are, there's no, there, no metric suggests that the Bulls are a good team. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not a good team, but they can hang with good teams and they can beat some good teams. So can everybody. I know. Dude, That's I know. the NBA in the regular season. I know. And they're willing to exist in the slightly above mediocrity. Slightly above. Barely. Are, are, are they? They're going to be in the play-in. The, there are eight teams ahead of them in the East and there are six below them. That means they are actually closer to the bottom than the top. Mm-hmm. They are 14 games back in the, or, or they're 15 games back in the loss column of the one seed, and they are 16 games up from the Pistons in the last seed. They are slightly below average. Yeah, they really in, are in, in, the, in the Eastern they're, Conference. They're nine out of 15 right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. They are you know, nine. I, they are nine out of fifteen. You know, but the, ten the thing get is, to say that they're in it. You do see the components of a competitive team, and the sad part is that has been their stated goal. I mean that that's the thing. It's not as if this is some new mindset that's going to get clarified tomorrow. It's a continuation of what has been a very frustrating mindset of the acceptance of mediocrity and let's be competitive and maybe good things will happen. And, oh, by the way, hey, maybe Lonzo will come back. A texture says they're expecting Lonzo Ball back. Nah, stop, stop, stop. The, the question is, I think, this. What do you think the majority of Bulls fans would prefer? Not that we are the ones who are empowered, but what do you honestly think they would prefer? Because last night the United Center was rocking. That was an excellent atmosphere. It was clear on the broadcast that the crowd was having an impact on those players yeah. and on that comeback. Mm-hmm. It, was very, it was very, very clear. What do you think the majority of Bulls fans, biggest fan base in the NBA, arguably the most loyal fan base in the NBA, would they prefer a straight teardown and a couple of years of being the Pistons, the Wizards, the Hornets, the worst teams in the NBA? And hoping for luck, mm-hmm. hoping for lottery luck, hoping that you hit on, you know, the next Victor Wembanyama that comes around over the next couple of drafts, but maybe getting unlucky and getting the fourth pick, the fifth pick, the seventh pick, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or would you prefer this? On any given night, you could win. And maybe if you were healthy and the stars aligned and you got a little bit better luck, you could have been the four seed. And if you were playing well against the team that happened to be injured, you win a playoff series. Then you find yourself in the second round of the playoffs. And, hey, Miami was in the play-in game last year. And then they yeah. made it all the way to the finals. Like, Which of those two paths, and if I only gave you those two options, would you prefer? Well, I or think, do you think Bulls fans would prefer? I think that's the right question. And we can throw open the phone lines if we want to. Because like th- this is the conversation. Because we have seen them try it the other way. We have. In the post-Thibodeau era when they bottomed out and there were some times where they didn't tank quite fully enough. They didn't commit all the way, but they finished... You know, dead last, fifth of five in 2018, fourth place, three of the all three years surrounding that. So four straight years of finishing either fourth or fifth in the division. And they didn't end up coming out of that with the luck that they needed in order to rebuild. It's just it's a tricky way to do it. It's not a knockdown for sure plan. No, of of course it isn't. And so they've chosen to be to try and be decent, and then they've had some horrific injury luck along the way and made a really bad investment in Zach, in my opinion. Yeah, I, for sure. The, all of that stuff is is true at this point. So which would you want to do? I don't know. I think it's I think among media and among opinionists, I think it's definitely the former. Go ahead and bottom out, become Detroit and stuff like that. Among fans. I wonder if there are more fans who who want them to just kind of stay approaching decent and give some of these guys a chance to bloom and be competitive and fun on a given night. I think that I don't th- know. I think that's part of what enables the mediocrity and there's no guarantee that you hit on your Steph Curry, your Giannis, your you know, I mean hell, Wembenyama's on arguably the worst team in the NBA uh right right now and he's the number 1 pick, right? It's it, 
it there's no guarantee that if you bottom out, mm-hmm. you can build it back up. And I understood and supported the argument that they made at the beginning was, hey, we need to get to respectable here to then stop being an embarrassment so that people will want to come here and they will like our brand of basketball and bring in players who are respected. I applauded it. I know. And I, so and I. I applauded the Zach extension. And, you know, I, I, I applauded the plan. But at some point, you have to cut your losses because, honestly, like, they're occasionally competitive against good teams. Yeah. Man, as long as you don't have a collection of bad guys, and these guys, none of these guys seem like bad guys. They're all likable. They're all professionals. They all play hard. You could win on any given night in the regular season in the NBA. Anybody can. Anybody can. As long as you have guys that have pride. Right? And obviously Caruso has pride. Obviously mm-hmm. DeMar has pride. Obviously Vooch has pride. Kobe White, ascending star player with a clear amount of pride. Well, clearly. The, Drummond I mean, has pride. Torrey the, Craig has pride. So, like, if you just give effort, you can win basketball games in the regular season. It doesn't mean that if this team made the playoffs, they wouldn't lose in five games in the first round of the playoffs. Texture's getting in on it. Here's one. I'm fully aware that tearing it down is probably the right thing to do, but it feels like we just got away from the Denzel Valentine and Cameron Payne Bulls, and it would be so painful to go back to that type of team so quickly. Grady in Iowa, as a Bulls fan, this current situation is not great, but wishing for luck is not a plan. See, that's the thing. We just lived it, and they just lived it. So in terms of what fans want, that is the right question. In terms of what the front office wants and desires with ownership input, I think they've made that clear. And apparently, you know, the belief around the league is they're going to continue to hold on to that through the deadline tomorrow. So, so how, how high up do you think the Bulls realistically can get? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Because they've played 51 games, so there's 31 left. They are three back of both the eight-seed Orlando Magic and seven-seed Miami Heat. Those teams have identical 27 and 24 records. Paolo so, so, Bencaro is, is the real deal. But so, I, but, right, which is what you uh, the type of player you get if you get top five picks. Can the 76ers fall all the way back down without Embiid for the next month? Maybe. It's possible. So is, so is, the, abs, so, so is the best case scenario here the sixth seed? Because the Celtics are not falling. Cleveland is not falling. The Bucks and I don't believe the Knicks are falling. They're playing their asses off yeah, I mean, as they're of what, late. Nine and one in their last ten? Yeah, they're killing it. And since OG Ananobi, I think it's I think they're 14 and two since and, that trade. Yeah, and Madison Square Garden has been one of the oh. best home court advantages in the NBA this year. They're, Jaylen, ni- they're 19 and six at home. Jalen Brunson is a is a flat out superstar. All right, and, so, an so, incredible story. So no, I mean I, I I don't think the Pacers are falling as long as Halliburton is healthy, and they just added Siakam. So the Bulls would have to pass Orlando, Miami, and Bank on Philly, which right now is seven games up on the Bulls, passing Philly to uh, get to get to, to the to six. get to the six seed to avoid the play-in series. <laughs> and I mean, that's very hard to imagine. It's imp- it, that's basically impossible to imagine. May, I mean, maybe they'll be the seven seed instead of the nine seed. Mm-hmm. That's that's possible. But is that does that do anything for anybody? So then you could host both of the play-in, both yeah, of the two games, two extra in the play-in. home games instead of one extra. Yeah, home you game. get two extra home games, and okay. that gives you an inside track at getting yourself a playoff series against the Celtics, and and or and, the Bucks right. or the Cavs, sure. where you lose in five. I know, but then, but don't you think that they, as an organization, would would be psyched and pat themselves on the back for such things? Yeah, but so that's what I'm saying. So so stop thinking about trading Caruso, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like honestly, they're, 
that that's not happening. What I want to happen is a is sadly, and I love Caruso, but with another year on his contract at only nine point eight mil, and the way that he is, he's incredibly attractive. I want them to go after the Golden State Warriors and make them take some of your bad assets to go along with Alex Caruso, who they desperately want. And I, I floated it. I floated the dream of making them take Zach Levine's contract and giving you Chris Paul's contract back. Chris Paul's contract will expire. And then next year they get to plug in Zach. They know that Clay Thompson is kind of done as, as a closer and somebody they can play with and trust. Um, they, they're not using him to finish. Zach could be that uh, guy that helps Steph transition into a next phase. So I dream of them taking Zach's contract along with Caruso uh, at this point. Because Caruso is the best thing you got. So you want to attach attach a bad asset. So maybe they take Caruso or maybe they take DeMar and an expiring deal. And you can get draft capital from them. And you dream of one of their young players that they can throw in. Somehow make it all work there. That's the best I got, man. Yeah, is, it, is the Warriors' it, dream because they want it, Caruso so bad. Texter says... Paolo Bancaro is the type of player you get with a top five pick. Parkins, Pat Williams was the fourth pick. You know what? I shouldn't have said it that way. You're right. Now, obviously, you can bust at one. You can bust at five. You can bust at four. But Paolo Bancaro was the number one pick. You know who the number two pick that year was? Chet Holmgren. Yeah, he's good, too. Get at the top of the draft. And again, there's a lottery. It's no guarantee. But you want guys who change franchises? You got to get them all the way up there. Anthony's in his car. He's on the score. What up, Anthony? Hey, what's up? Uh, as a Bulls fan that's been watching every game for the last two years now and just seeing basically the same results, I think some Bulls fans forgot that uh, originally the Vucevic trade kind of catapulted us into being relevant and being a playoff team. But the thing is, is that that was, what, two, three years ago. I think that window is now closed. And I, I think just Bulls fans are just kind of looking at AK and Mark like, hey, like, I, I know I, I, we've seen that they overvalue the, the talent on the team, and right or wrong, you could judge that. But it's like at, at some point you got to start moving off of these contracts, or you know what I mean, and start get building up some some draft picks or, or getting some younger talent. Right now, I don't believe the Bulls have a superstar on the team. No, they don't. They they they, no, they, they I mean, definitely I mean, don't. I'm in complete agreement with you on that, buddy. Yeah, they, they, thanks they, for the call, they Anthony. They expected Zach Levine to be that superstar. And they did a poor job evaluating the player, in, in my opinion. That, that was right there in-house for them to figure out. And DeMar is an aging superstar. Um, the, the paying of Vooch, you know, the valuing and the, the extending of Vooch is really, is, is really hamstringing you. Because, like, as people are writing about, like, you know, maybe they can get somebody to take the Vucevic contract. Like, no, they don't want that. They want Vooch. They like what he brings to the culture and to the mix. They and, like old and slow. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. At least at least it, it can be fun. And it's not a moment to sort of think about it, but we kind of have to because there it was last night. When they play Twin Towers and when Kobe White explodes like that and they, they make a charge on a legit good team and, and, and close and finish like that in overtime, that, that was – It that was, was fun. It was really fun. Of course it was. But you don't have to trade Kobe White. You can still get Kobe White fun. You know what I mean? Like there's, there is a way to do both if there are any offers out there for these bad assets that they have. Uh, DeMar DeRozan was excellent with Layla Rahimi, but in another way, he was just like us. We will explore that. Plus, 
WGN, in an exclusive, I just saw this in the last five minutes on my Twitter account, they have an exclusive of renderings of what the Sox Park would look like at the 78 with uh, renderings of the ballpark, the site master plan, and the projected economic impact. Wow. So, uh, Tamon Bradley on his Twitter account has it right now. So, you guys can see the pictures and the projected impact so we can look at that and talk it through. It's Parkinson Spiegel. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Spend some time with our friends Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. Yes. Afternoons on the score. Okay, boys. Let's get some pictures. All right, we got pictures. Tamon Bradley at WGN has an exclusive. He's got renderings of the ballpark, the site master plan, and the projected economic impact over at WGN. The pictures obviously will not translate to radio, but for the projected impact, 5 million-plus projected annual visitors, 1,000 new affordable units, $9 billion of economic investment in Chicago, 200 million annual stabilized tax revenue, Four billion stabilized annual economic impact, ten plus acres of open space for the community, ten thousand plus construction jobs, twenty-two thousand plus permanent jobs. Bridgeport will get thirteen hundred plus residential units, hmm. ten plus acres of new open space. Uh, they talk about building on a diversity ecosystem. Chicago's first eighty-twenty building with twenty percent affordable apartments on site. The first high-rise in Chicago co-built by an African-American general contractor. Yep, talking about community-connected employment in the construction and hospitality industries. So this is like some of the stuff that we've been talking about, about remembering the neighborhood, but also some of the stuff about it's very ambitious. You know what I mean? It's This is the developer's brochure. It, 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 exactly. It's in, fact, some of the, in fact, these pictures have the rings of the binder on the left side. So these this exclusive is pictures from the developer's brochure that was probably brought to the city and brought and, to the mayor. And these are always inflated. Is that fair? Well, yeah. Inflated, pie in the sky, they're selling optimistic, themselves. rosy, they're, Absolutely. They're selling delusional. themselves to the mayor. They're selling themselves to the public with this news leak here. Um, yeah, so absolutely. Uh, certainly, certainly a bit inflated, um, for sure. I mean, look, the pictures of the ballpark... And the pictures of the area are freaking unbelievable. Of course they are. They're renderings with no thought to, like, what some of the pitfalls might be. Yeah, and there's an Eloy Jimenez jersey there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, look, the spot is beautiful. And if it all works out, it'll be incredibly beautiful. You know, and you know I feel that way. But it's interesting. All the stuff that you just read about, Danny, is, is fascinating. Because, yes, it is totally slanted from the developer's perspective. But it does touch on some of the things that Dilla that Sherman Thomas was talking about with us yesterday about making sure that some of the employment to build the thing and and work of the thing is based in the community, that there is a care. 1,300 residential units for Bridgeport, so does that mean they're building, they're going to put a building or put a few or several buildings in the space where the stadium was? That's I, the developer's I don't, idea? I don't know. That would be one of the first questions I would ask because – why would you not have done that when you were playing 81 baseball games a year there? Well, it's been established that the reason they haven't built around there is so they could keep the parking and get the parking money. And that's their choice, and it rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but that is the reality of the choices that they've made. I understand, but if, so you need 1,300 residential spaces when you don't have a baseball team? Well, you need to try, and that would be <laughs> seem to me to be part of the gesture and the actual action of trying to take care of the neighborhood that you're abandoning. I understand. Uh, so I, th- I think that that's the angle of it. 
And it's interesting because I don't know. The White Sox themselves do not have to do that. But if the city asked them, you know, I'm sure they would. But I, I don't know. I, like, is that not, the developer's it's not, idea? Right. I, it's not, well, it's not clear, though. Like, where it is, is it on the site of the ballpark? Who's we paying for we it? We don't know what happens with the ballpark. So we'll see if there's more details on the the report at, at, at 6 o'clock. Like, Be- yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing screenshots of a brochure yes. that are partly clipped. Uh, yes, and and those, you know, the 78. The stadium a- does look great, though, and it has oh. the ability to, like, see into the stadium from a grassy area outside and, like Gallagher Way at Wrigley, Incredible. a big-ass TV facing outside. So presumably maybe, like, an indoor-outdoor experience, which is awesome at Gallagher Way, which is very kid-friendly for sure. ballparks. And look at all the uh, different buildings. Look at the number of buildings that they would be, they're saying they would build in addition to the stadium. All of those, whether those are parking lots or restaurants remember we saw it listed as like nine to ten restaurants and or bars that they would be building on the site in addition to residential stuff as well but none of that is bridgeport so like no, those, those 1300 residential units nothing on the 78 ends up being considered bridgeport i don't think what do you guys think i don't like it you know they got the 2005 thing playing on the scoreboard for all to see it's time to move on okay from 2005 <laughs> no the renderings look great you know but I have been thinking a lot more about the businesses uh, on 35th Street and the surrounding area, though. I, th- I wonder if this is all moving really fast and we're jumping in because it does look great. And I think it would be an overall net positive for the organization. Um, but, I, you know, I'm just thinking about some of our friends over there at Grandstand, right? Like, you know, Grandstand hooked us up with that Brian Goodwin jersey, oh, you know. And great. I remember, you know, popping in there during covid and there was no baseball and how much they, people like that were hurting that business. And then before the big, you know tear down this past summer like you know they just got all these jerseys in from these players that they didn't know if they're going to be traded or not that they couldn't get their money back on but just our people our friends at cork and stuff like that i have been thinking a lot about those people lately in the neighborhood like i wonder if we're not talking about that enough or what's going to happen to them i think people are i think lawrence and bernsey are talking about it dylan talked about it with us yesterday lee bay is writing about it and frankly dylan's appearance had an impact on me and the conversation had an impact on me but this is still the best idea that the organization could possibly do and would enable a team on the south side for decades to come. It just has to be done with some of those things in mind that you're talking about, Tony. I, I understand that there's a lot of people, there's a large contingent of White Sox fans and non-White Sox fans out there that want to latch on to the platform that you don't get a new stadium before you win and you're not going to get more people to come just because you build a new stadium if the product's still crap. When you upgrade facilities like this, and by then the White Sox will be a completely different, hopefully, organization, you're going to attract not just more people, but you're going to attract a higher caliber of players. When you when you invest the time and the effort and the emotion into building a new space like this, you're not going to then just say, all right, and also we're never giving out big contracts. Like this is what you get. You get a cool stadium. There's one thing that I think they're missing that I noticed from the bird's eye view. They really are missing out on the opportunity to bring the old Comiskey grandstands back where they're hanging over the 100 level, the lower level a little bit more that just make you feel so much closer to the field, similar to the Cubs 300, 400, 500 sections. The the, the new White Sox stadium guaranteed rate, the second level sits way too far back yeah. and you feel like you're in a different neighborhood. It seems like these this is the same 
So if there are any changes that, that are going to be made and they're listening to me right now, just move that second deck and the third deck up a little bit closer to the floor. Closer. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And it's like a lot of the... A lot of the the ballpark builds that have happened over the last 40 years, 30 years, some of them have just gone wider and wider and wider. And that does not work for this game. It does not. You need the intimacy and the closeness. And I wonder if it, if it looks too too corporate, too clean, too corporate, not enough character, like not enough retrofitted. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's just me because I just prefer the old retro-ish style ballpark, you know, but it does look kind of like – uh, an outdoor mall a little bit a little bit it's, it's, um, it's hard to make a brand new stadium feel old school well no just the, the aesthetic like you yeah. know with all the glass and you know i guess that's ultimately good because people get to see in and it feels like more open an open concept stadium mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah i don't know just first blush i know these aren't you know 100 final and you don't even get a total view of like the behind home plate view from what i can tell but so far it just looks a little yeah it's it's okay you know, but yeah, the ballpark, it doesn't look like there's a lot of nooks and crannies and quirks to the outfield wall or anything like that. Well, they haven't added Chip and Joanna Gaines yet so they can come in and put shiplap everywhere. Yeah, exactly. They haven't added them. Ben from hometown hasn't taken over yet. I will say it does give me Petco vibes, which is good. Yeah, yeah that's it. what Pet, you want. Petco, probably the best family experience in any of the ballparks I've been to out in San Diego there. They've mm-hmm. got like a an entire park area that yeah. you can, and you can see it from family. center field, right? right? You can. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Progressive too, right? Progressive kind of has that area. And say, they are below street level. And Target, I think. target Field the same yeah. way. This has a ve- yeah. that straightaway center looks like, to your point, Danny, where that lawn is, you can see into the ballpark because it goes down into the ballpark. That's one of the great things about Target. It's below street level in the middle of uh, Minnesota. I still think they should put it on the water. Right. The river's right there. Joe, I don't know why this isn't all floating. <laughs> if this was floating, it'd be a lot better. Don't wear a vest on Sunday. It's close to Excuse the me, river. wear a vest on Sunday. Wear a vest Sundays at, at Benchmark. How we're like DeMar DeRozan next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Been a long four hours. Afternoons on The Score. When NBA players talk to you about this, fellow players, what's the, been some of what they've told you about what you've helped contribute? I mean, just them being more open, you know. We carry this this Superman cape so much, you know, at work, TV, after game, before games. You have a bad game, um, dealing with family, personal stuff. Um, we deal with so much. So when I'm able to talk to, you know, my my, my peers, it's, it's like a norm. You know, it's normalizing being human. You know, and that's what makes me feel good about me being able to speak up. Layla was great with DeMar DeRozan. You saw some of it on the pregame show last night. They aired the entire thing uh, in the 10 o'clock hour on the Bernstein and Holmes show on a Layla Rahimi Wednesday. It was uh, it was really good and vulnerable and honest and long form. It was uh, it was good. Special stuff to get uh, one-on-one from an absolute OG elder statesman, good dude in the NBA. Yeah, especially a guy who's willing to be vulnerable and talk about that kind of thing. He was one of the first to do it. I think Kevin Love was the first like high-profile NBA player to talk about mental health, but DeMar was was right there with him, and uh, it was it was really good. You should seek out the entire conversation. We should also mention big game coverage on the score is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, Solo Stove. Dot com. By the way, after us, Chicago Gabe, Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron, um, they have Craig Carton at 640. Oh, great. He's fantastic. That'll be part of the big game coverage. Get around a solo stove, listen to that. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, so DeMar DeRozan, you should hear the entire thing. 
But there was also there was also something that made us think, you know what? Not only we were also very open with our mental health uh, issues and bad ther- therapy. And, it's really bad. Right, it's, low. it's not. It's not going great. Had therapy today. Yeah, I, I need it again tomorrow after <laughs> today's show. Yeah, I understand. Uh, is there a positive vibe? <laughs> yeah, there uh, is. Actually. But he has a technique that I think a lot of us can relate to. Just some people like to read, watch something funny. You know, every night before I go to sleep, I always try to find something funny to watch and, you know, go to sleep, you know, with a peaceful, you know, grin on my face. You know what I mean? You sleep better. You know what I mean? So it's just whatever's, whatever's for you. Man, that's awesome. To watch something funny at the end of, end of your night. Even though screens right before bed can be slightly dangerous in terms of falling asleep quickly. So I've heard. But if you're going to watch something, watch something fun. Watch something funny. What do you go to? Um, usually stand-up. You know, if I'm going to watch something funny, like this Bill Burr clip kills me. Learned anything in five years of being married is we're always working on me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, my wife is this completed work under museum glass that is to be admired and studied. Like, hmm, how did she do that? And I'm like one of these guys, one of the, you know those buildings that just has scaffolding around it for like six straight years? So you're like, are they ever going to finish that thing? Is that some sort of insurance shop? Jesus Christ, what a piece of <laughs> Just tear it down and start over again. Yeah. It's yeah. good. That's good. So but- the thing that chills you out is a video about a guy complaining that his wife's trying to fix him? <laughs> it just feels relatable is all I'm saying. <laughs> you know? Yeah. My, my wife is, is uh, she's a museum piece. It's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. It's not that old, Speaks. I don't know why you said that about Christine. Uh, we watch, well, how about you? We, so we will often, like, okay, we're not going to, we don't have time to watch a full movie. We're going to go to bed. I want to watch something new. She's like, I just want to, Steph, Steph's the big, like, I just want to watch something funny. So sh- she'll often, like, go for a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, which is totally fine with me, but also stand up. But even in those moments, I'm just on such a Jeselnik kick recently. I, I'm going for dark humor before bed. Ooh. My grandmother is suffering from dementia right now. Uh, she forgets who she is, wanders out of the house, and gets lost for hours. It's a problem. Uh, so what I did is I tied a bell around her neck. <laughs> Sounds inhumane, sure, but problem solved. I mean, that thing is really heavy. (laughs) If you're not laughing right now, (laughs) the problem is your imagination. (laughs) Don't get mad at me because you don't know how big bells can get. I can't wait for you guys to see his new special in October. It's legitimately the funniest stand-up I've ever seen. It's so good. Jazzelnik, man. He's the absolute greatest. You guys, what's your go-to? Go ahead, Danny. Yeah, so I listen to a podcast every night, and uh, for the purposes of this bit in this segment and the short amount of time we have here, usually I will do like, oh, uh, just search up on YouTube, Patrice O'Neill on Opie Nanthi, Louis C.K., you know, on a podcast or whatever. Uh, but I love also Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald clips, people send them to me all the time. Hmm. Even if I've seen them already, I will always laugh and I'll always say thank you for sending because it's never a bad time to send one. And there's a great Instagram call called Norm Highlights where it's just 
short jokes from Norm and short podcast clips. And this one, you've heard it on the show, it gets me every time. 420 was the birthday of Austrian-born German politician and the leader of the National Socialist German Workers' Party, a fellow went by the name of Adolf Hitler. But this guy, there's a picture of him. Adolf Hitler, very compelling kind of a figure. Odd looking duck. But there's something about his eyes. Hypnotic. His eyes are almost entirely black. Um, they, they he was a decorated veteran of World War I. <laughs> and he joined the war. Hold the fort. He hated Jews. <laughs> I'm sick of these kind of characters. I think we should kill Hitler. Me and you, go suicide, kill him. Yeah, it was like, died 50 years ago, probably. Did he? I yeah. didn't even know he was sick. Well. <laughs> Adam Eget, his co-host, yes. is a great straight man. He used to run the uh, comedy store. Now runs, I think, Rogan's Club down there in Austin. So good. I didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> and that's the last joke, right? That's the last one. That's the one that was left behind as a clue to the sickness that Norm had and never shared publicly. There are a few, right? Because he did the he did the bit on his uncle with cancer, and he didn't know. Uh, he's like, I don't like. Uh, I don't like I, you lost your battle, battle of cancer because yeah. best I can tell when when you die the cancer dies too it's more like a draw yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was in his the last one joke where it's like oh people's worst fear is public speaking and he goes I, I think the worst fear I would have is you know bowel cancer <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah 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 he, so he, he he dropped breadcrumbs yeah he put it in in the material towards the end Shane there's no better recurring guest on a radio show than when Howard Stern would have on Beetlejuice. <laughs> And I will just go on oh TikTok and search Beetlejuice Howard Stern, and this is my favorite Beetlejuice clip of all time. Beetle, really? I heard you don't like Obama because he's black, and you don't like black people. I don't like his black ass, because I will beat his ass. And I said, but I said, doesn't beat no, he's black? You're black, right? Black? I'm Puerto Rican, and I ain't black. You're Puerto Rican. You're not a black man? No, I'm black, but I'm Puerto Rican, but I ain't stupid. You're a black Puerto Rican. Yeah. Yeah. But why don't you like the president? He ain't. There's so much more. <laughs> so much more to that clip, but. Tanny, cut it off. Because well, of the time. Because of the time. We have four minutes of spots that have to get in by six, and I get it's already it. I get it. 56. It's fine. <laughs> anyone who wants it, I'll send it along. Just go send me a DM. Amazing. Texture says pole vaulting fails on YouTube. Great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. I could have kept playing the clip if you were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Thank yous to uh, Tariq Cohen and Jim McMahon. Wow. They were fantastic today. It's, seriously, Jim McMahon sounds incredible. Lucid and, and with it, it was great to hear. Connor O'Donnell, Kevin Lafko, Twitch chat, video stream. Thank you, sir. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill making us sound better than we are each and every day. For Matt Spiegel, I'm Danny Parkins. And Heron and Gabe Ramirez follow us. Parkins and Spiegel on the score. Uh, good luck to y'all. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.